2020 is your year of perfect vision. This year is about narrowing and deepening your focus, getting laser sharp, the kind of primal vision that allows you to spot a predator before it's anywhere near you. This is going to require you slowing way the fuck down and becoming more purposeful. Just do what you do well or don't do it at all. This type of vision can really protect you. It can prepare you and even help you see peripherally. As we know by now, if you're a podcast listener, crazy busy fogs up your glasses. You struggle to see the opportunities that are sitting right in front of you. On today's podcast, I'm going to give you five tips and areas to focus on that include creating more space, having better pace, which will result in more grace in your 2020. Stay tuned for this episode of Crazy Busy. You're listening to Crazy Busy, the podcast for executives, entrepreneurs, and savvy fast trackers who want to start their week sane and end it that way too. Here's your host, growth strategist, executive coach, and millennial leadership mentor, Karen Bellantoni. When I do the Crazy Busy workshop inside of a company, I've started to talk more about energy management as well as time management. Now I believe that we really can't view our business success and work life through the lens of time alone. We have a new opportunity to approach our lives and our work through our energy. For millennials, you are the first generation ever to have no space between your work life and your home life. Technology has closed that gap. The world around us is speeding up and the velocity could reach a feverish pitch this year. We just can't keep up with that kind of speed. So clearly we're in a time of great change. I believe we're in the dawning of a new age and we're already seeing glimpses of what used to be science fiction coming our way between the talk of robots an AI becoming singular with us, a theory that is professed by many brilliant or supposedly brilliant people. Singularity is defined as the moment in time where AI or artificial intelligence reaches a human level. That's right. Just think about how far away that seemed when we were children, no matter how old you are right now. It's now predicted to happen by the end of this decade in 2030. I'm going to leave a link on this information in our show notes today. We're already seeing every single one of our structures going through major disruptions. The other day I realized that fashion had changed so much and the epidemic we used to call athleisure with people who are clearly not athletes wearing yoga pants in public walking down Broadway in Manhattan in tracksuits has been really predicted by every science fiction show and movie we've ever seen. 
if you think about how people dressed on Lost in Space, the TV show, Star Trek, Star Wars, it's pretty much the same fabric and uniform we see in the gym and on the street. We're challenging so many things, how we're led, how we're governed, how we interact globally with the world, how we treat the less privileged, and even how we view our own beliefs, everything from marriage, religion and spirituality, science versus spirituality, and much more. On the simplest level, buying a mattress has changed dramatically. I went through this process about a month ago and realized there's no more, aside from maybe Macy's on 34th Street, there is no more just walking into a store uh, one every 10 blocks in Manhattan and jumping on a mattress to try it. There's a whole host of new types of mattresses, from latex to foam to coils to hybrid mattresses that cover all three. And they're all on the market, coming in the mail, shrink-wrapped, a few still delivered by two guys in a truck. But the experience of purchasing the mattress, something we spend a third of our lives on, has changed so much from when my mom bought us bunk beds decades ago. I don't care if you've completely turned off the news and you say you're not plugged in, you can't watch it. The resonance of what's going on, the great change we're living in, is still impacting you as it impacts the collective. We feel each other's energy. This year, it's going to be very important for you to create a healthy new pace and a fresh way to put more space into your life, your day, and your relationships. Being crazy busy, as I've told you before, is not a solution. Last year, I only had one goal at New Year's, and that goal was to raise my vibration, the level or intensity at which my being connects with others and is positive and lighter than darker and heavier. So the decisions that I made and the choices that I made, the way I treated myself, the way I treated my body, all came down to one question. Will this increase and empower my energy and vibration or will it decrease it? Likely this will be my goal this year as well. Having the confidence to believe that you can get through the finish line of 2020, arriving there healthy, happy, stronger versus exhausted, spent and burnt out is important to most of us or you wouldn't be listening to this podcast. Life's not a race. You can't win it by getting there first. Life's an experience. Getting present and enjoying every aspect you can is the only way to win. So let me get to it. Here are my tips. We're going to count down from number five. Number five, develop a more human pace. Somewhere we got the idea that we're in a rush, that we aren't going to make it unless we hurry. Does this resonate with you? That everything that we have to do needs to happen real quick. About two years ago, I started noticing that everyone I worked with, from grown men, executives, young women, millennial entrepreneurs, people born here, people not born here, people of all faiths, pretty much everyone started sharing this meme. At first, I was taken aback. We're in a meeting. A man in a suit says to me, let me just go to the bathroom real quick. Women tend to use pee real quick. 
Kind of sounds funny when I say it, doesn't it? And yet we hear this all day long, and many of you use this meme. Why do you need to be real quick about something as important as a bodily function? Why do you need to share what you're doing when you're behind closed doors? My mom always taught me that this was a private and personal moment. Now when people say, excuse me, I have to pee real quick, I say, take your time and do whatever you need to do in there. It's not important to share that with me or anyone else. Let's all become cops on that one and help each other. Minimally, slow down when you're taking care of yourself. When you're slowed down, you're more focused, things can come to you more quickly. You're less likely to have accidents, make mistakes, and forget things. The faster we move, the shorter our sight, the more distracted we are, and less able to manifest what we really want. How can we slow down and still do all we're doing? We might not be able to. So just stop doing all the things that don't work and don't bring you joy. I hate to say this, but when the shoe fits, Marie Kondo, those activities. What can you delegate or outsource? Just stop deferring. Even if you have to take something off your list, it's better than feeling guilt, shame, and embarrassment. If you're a leader listening to this podcast, your people are not going to make it if you burn them out. Listen to my podcast on sprinting for more ways you can help your team pace themselves. Okay, so we're moving on to number four, creating space. Back to Marie Kondo. Recently, I realized my closets were never going to look the way I wanted them to. So I called Maria. Maria cleans my house every other week and she loves me. She makes me soup when I'm sick and she is thrilled to help me clean out my closets. We've done three sessions now, and for a few hundred bucks, I'm in heaven. So even if you don't have a lot of people to count on, you can find a way. You can share time with a friend. My friend Susan and I would always call each other, especially if we were throwing dinner parties, and ask each other for an hour. Most friends aren't really interested in helping you clean out your closet or even hanging out with you while you do it. But if you ask for just an hour and you're productive people, you're going to get far more done than you would in two hours or even four. I also serve wine. I think it helps. Creating space doesn't just happen in your closet. It's also your technology, your projects, and your calendar. Let's dive in a little deeper. Many people spend a ton of time on Facebook and complain about it later. Just stop it, for God's sake. Find a few hours a week in 20-minute increments that you can spend on Facebook if you enjoy it. Plan for it. Don't just go there as a distraction. It's taking away some of your focus and brain power. The energy that we have in the executive function that we need for decision-making, creativity, and planning. And it's putting it into an activity that you feel guilty about later or that really doesn't produce more energy for you. For that matter, it likely takes energy away. For most of us, it certainly doesn't motivate our business. Very few of us can say we bring in most of our clients through Facebook. If you do, plan the time you spend there just like you would public speaking or working on an email campaign. Plan the time you spend there a lot the time wisely. If you don't measure it, you can't move it. 
Lastly, on creating space, check out my friend Ari Mizell's website called lessdoing.com. Lessdoing.com and Ari empower entrepreneurs to be more replaceable. The integration of pace and space in your life drives efficient use of energy, bringing you a higher vibration, as I talked about at the beginning of the podcast, but also more accomplishments with less effort, which is more grace. By changing our pace and eliminating what doesn't work, we automatically create more space. You just miss opportunities that are right under your nose when you're too busy. A couple years ago, I had so many projects going on. I was in love with all of them, truth be told, but none of them were moving forward. They were crawling at a snail's pace. I love the people I was collaborating with. I love the topics we were working on, but I was really overcommitted. And without deep focus and commitment to any one of those areas, I just couldn't make enough significant progress to fuel my enthusiasm. I just kept feeling deflated. Like, am I doing all this work for nothing? And why isn't anything moving ahead? Frustration set in and I was spread thinner than a pat of butter on a baguette. I had to quit some things. I had to admit they weren't working. I had to speak to my collaborators in sort of a confrontational way and say, unless we're all going to drop some things to focus on this, I think we just had great ideas. But with none of us willing to do the work that it takes and the focus work that it takes to move these projects ahead, we're all going to fail. Everyone was relieved because everyone was feeling the same way. They just hadn't stopped long enough to think about how they felt. We all need to clear some space to think, to reflect, and to plan. Number three, practice grace. Grace is the antidote to fear, and fear reactions come in a few different types. We've talked about them here on the podcast, and we're going to talk about them more soon in future podcasts. As we go into a fear response, which for you could be fight or flight or freeze or fawn, You stop and ask yourself, what is this person's intention? Reacting to fears sucks up so much of your energy. You can feel drained from just sitting on your couch, overthinking about things, dwelling and obsessing. A couple months ago, I was at an office where I do a bunch of coaching. The employee I was supposed to meet with later in the day owed me some pre-work for our meeting. I had asked if she had sent it in the night before because I didn't see it, which is what caused me to cancel our meeting. She sat next to me and said, of course, of course, I sent it last night, and I had pulled up the document and can see in my system the exact time she sent it. She was lying to me. It was an awkward moment. But there are no coincidences, and about 20 minutes later, I found myself coaching another manager who said, my homework was to present you with my triggers. I realized I only have one. This is never true, by the way. And my only trigger is when people lie to me. And I said, well, that's so interesting. How does that impact you? And she said she gets mad and she goes probably into fight mode as we had discussed these fear responses before. And I said, that's funny, someone just lied to my face And all I could think of 
was how scared they must feel to tell the truth. This is where we can apply grace day to day. Things aren't happening to us. When people are having an experience, we don't need to take it on. Number two, show gratitude through demonstration. Lots of people talk about being more grateful and gratitude, but gratitude is actually a great prescription to raise your vibration. It's a higher emotional frequency than most negative emotions, especially fear-based ones. I keep thank you notes on my desk. I try to write one at least every day. Sometimes I do three in one day and then I'm good for a few days. But the physical act of writing for me is very powerful and demonstrative. I also enjoy leaving happy, grateful voicemails for those of you who still have a voicemail box enabled. If you don't, you're missing out. As part of my evening routine, I also do a daily review of the places I've been, where I received good luck, and send gratitude to the people who have provided me with good energy and support me. Sometimes people track their achievements. They feel good and grateful for themselves as they check those achievements off the list and notice themselves. I think this is great. It makes you feel grateful for yourself and it's super powerful. Creating space every day to practice that kind of gratitude with yourself, with cards, notes, random acts of kindness, especially on the subway, even a quick phone call can give you a jolt of confidence and energy. As you're giving, you are receiving. And lastly, drum roll, (laughs) number one, make sure that you create a plan. When you lack control over your thoughts and intentions, you're creating by accident versus being on purpose. There are simply too many distracting options for solopreneurs and small business folks especially. When I started my business, there were only a few options for strategy on marketing. You could go to a conference, which was typically expensive to meet new clients. You could also ask people for referrals, which was generally the way I built my business. If you had a few extra bucks, you could buy a postcard campaign. And if you had a few more bucks, you might be able to get yourself on the radio. Those were sort of the options. We really didn't have all this other stuff to do. We didn't have email lists to maintain, websites. We didn't have to put out content. None of this stuff existed. So knowing that all of it does, you really have to pick one or two that you do really well and stay focused on it. As you gain success, you can add another one. What I find most entrepreneurs and solopreneurs do is they start to get committed to something. They go online and see some other entrepreneur or solopreneur doing something else and they feel a sense of FOMO or that they should be doing what everyone else is doing. That's why limiting looking around on social media can also be very helpful for you. In future episodes, I'm going to be delving deeper into this idea of planning because planning is not an event you just do in the last week of December. It's a process that you need to be doing all year long. As a special gift for you today, I've included a free download, which are the reflective questions I ask my client to think about before they go from one year to the next. 
one quarter to the next, or one period of their business to another, like launching a new product. These reflective questions can help you discern some of the things that you could stop doing, some of the things that you could start doing, and help you make commitments. Meanwhile, I hope you've taken some grace and space to have a really enjoyable holiday season and start your new year right. Happy 2020, your year of perfect vision. Until next time, leave crazy busy behind and become the leader I know you were meant to be. Thanks for listening to Crazy Busy with Karen Bellantoni. Subscribe now wherever you get your podcasts and look out for the next episode. For more information about working with Karen or bringing her insight to your company, visit karenbellantoni.com.